0: block
1: Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Dez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B, Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show to get the brain running with the premise talk for on a national level. Vote with the. Sort of like the rubber When it's a bad five During prime Sports in Bomber minds a little bit For sports medicine sports Veterans and great The 4 for 26 So the war ain't gonna It's the war room For five nights At the round table Five silly guys The
0: What's going on out there, War Room fam? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm in the building with my brother, B. Austin. Jimmy the Blueprint is scheduled to join us in a few minutes. Look, man, we are simultaneously engulfed in the madness of March with the NCAA tournament underway, uh, which tipped off earlier today, and the frenzy of NFL Free Agency, which officially kicked off at 4 p.m. yesterday. So just in in a few moments, you know, World Room Sports writer Gus Griffin is going to join us to give a few betting tips on some first-round tournament games and to discuss his latest piece on the potential abolishment of the automatic bid in the NCAA tournament. So settle in, keep it locked right here. And to get in on the conversations, make sure you join us right now in the JW Philly Realty Chat Room. That's blogtalkradio.com slash thewarroom, or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 15 minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number, as usual, is 323-410-0012. One last thing before we get it popping, make sure during the week when we're not live on the air that you check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com. The Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and most other places you do your podcast listening. What up, B? What's going on, man? What's up, my youth? Everything, Chris? First and foremost, (laughs) according to a whole lot of people on social media, you know, we lost two legends this week. One, in Stephen Hawking, and two... Yes. In the form of Craig Mack <laughs> He became a legend All you gotta do is die and you're legendary Um Thoughts Is Craig um, a legend
2: I'm just gonna say Man Stephen Hawking You gotta pick up some of his books And get to reading And you'll look at Outer Space in a whole other light man um, Plus he's a pretty good dude Pretty good dude Couldn't stand to look at him too closely But he was a pretty yeah. good dude <laughs> um, Craig Mack 1000 Degrees
1: could look at him either
2: Burning Begging please. Um, Because of My age And how I grew up While conventional Wisdom tells me Craig Mack is nobody's legend That one Song means so much To me that the song Damn sure is legendary even if it was the remix and everybody else's verse. So we'll give him a legendary salute, man. Craig Mack. Uh, power, no, definitely
0: brother. salute. I mean, he he was one of the artists who helped kick off, you know, one of the greatest hip-hop conglomerates of our time, Bad Boy Records. Yes, sir. Um, you know, Big Mac was their first campaign with Biggie on one side, Craig Mack on the B-side. I mean, you know how they did that. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that the homie had like two hits and really one that most people can name, you know, just because a homie Yo. dies, we can't just be calling people legendary. Yo. But shout out to him. You said two, to you him.
2: said you said two hits. I was like, Where the other one The remix? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Remember Can I Get Down? That was kinda it. it wasn't down. flavored.
2: Come on. Yeah, it, get it wasn't flavoring your hair I... level hit but Yeah, only 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 we were listening to that. Like the rest of the world wasn't really listening to that,
3: bad, brother.
0: Plus <laughs> that wasn't most like, of the time, not all of the time, because there've been some, you know, hot rappers who who had this happen, who's done this. But most of the time when you have a, a semi hit song and they remix it and put a bunch of other people on it, they're actually trying to tell you something. <laughs> they're trying to tell you that the only thing carrying this hit is this beat, and we got a whole lot of other hot rappers who want to actually jump on this beat and do their thing. Um, so we're gonna let them do this because this is gonna be way more memorable than than what you did. So you know that that's, I think that's what happened to my man. man I think
2: I think the I think Craig Mack's career went the same way as Sam I Am's career to a to a a a, a higher degree. Explain. (laughs) Well, I feel as though if Sam I am had Joe Dumars' smile, no no, homo, I think that he would have made a few more all-star bids and maybe even some all-NBA. But because he looked like he did, he was completely (laughs) unmarketable.
1: they wouldn't let him
2: get down. (laughs) Get on down. Get out. (laughs) <laughs> and Craig Matt, His face Looked like The underside of a crater Sitting down And I don't even know how a crater sits down But that's what it looked like So he was unmarketable He didn't have the personality But one thing you can say about Big Even though he could look in two different directions At one time His personality and charisma Was such that he commanded like he, he just he had a certain charisma about him that was sellable, that made him marketable. Craig Knack didn't have no personality and his face was was pizza, was pepperoni pizza ish, so he wasn't nothing
0: there. Well, even if he could spit. Well, and also um Big, he owned that, you know what I'm saying? Big, big, that was a part of big. his charisma. You know, he told you he was ugly. He rapped about being ugly. Um so, yeah. ugly as so, ever, however. I, I don't know if Sam, Sam, Sam didn't have thin skin, but he didn't own that. You know, you never heard him talk about it. He just had, you know, well, I'm supposed to get mad at that. But other than that, you know, <laughs> he, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't do much. Say or
2: much. Maybe I've tricked myself into believing that Because he's one of my favorite players But I honestly believe If you switched Head and put Jim Jackson's head On Sam Cassell's body Sam Cassell would have had at least four or five All-Star business That's
4: my feeling Do
5: you think You look more like E.T. or Gollum? i supposed to get mad about that you supposed to get mad about, that. What, 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 you're mad about
0: Sam, you are yes, awesome. Sam. Thank
5: you. are supposed
0: to get mad about that, Sam. You're supposed to put hands on him, Sam. All right, so let's uh let's get everything started because I know we got uh, Gus waiting on the line to talk about this NCAA tournament real quick. And he will be a part of our Hot Topics segment. Hot Topics are brought to you by Sports the Book. If you guys tired of reading the same old sports books with the same... Lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, you know, we pitting people against each other from different eras and using all sorts of subjective information and passing them off as facts. Well, be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. Smart people only read the sports, written by War Room Sports' very own Jimmy the Blueprint Williams. Uh, It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture to keep you on the edge of your seat and laughing like you were watching a comedy special. On Netflix. Shout out to Netflix. Cut the check. You take the five hundred. Just go to SportsTheBook.com <laughs> get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com, dot com. But whatever you do, just make sure you don't miss that movement. So, uh, yeah, on the line we have Warroom Sports writer and handicapper Gus Griffin. Talk well, a little bit care. about the NCAA
4: tournament, Gus. What's going on, good brother? <laughs>
5: Yeah, How y'all doing, man? That Sam Cassell piece. I'm still about that. <laughs> I'm gonna get mad about that. <laughs> no, nah,
0: for real, I man.
1: If he didn't for look all. like that,
2: he'd have been a multi, a multi, a, a perennial All Star, man. Fringe, like at least
5: five <laughs> hey, times. You know, that
2: Ooh, is pretty. Pretty. Hey, hey, Sam <laughs> was
5: one of the underrated. Players of that of those Houston teams that won back to back titles. He was money. He was <laughs> money, and you might everybody. have a point as far as that Jimmy Jackson thing. I, I remember once some um, years ago, Howard Cosell made a comment about Willie McGee, the '85 MVP in baseball. He said he bears a striking resemblance to ET. <laughs> 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 yo. <Yeah.
1: Yeah. laughs> yeah. 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 All right, hey, man. I'm and <laughs>
2: Gus, watch, watch, watch this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get that. All right, who is better, Chauncey Billups or Sam Cassell? Sam. Wow. Oh, that, that's a Chauncey, good had five all-star. Chauncey had five All Star. Chauncey uh, had five All Star appearances. Chauncey was. Let's put it this way. Chauncey won five. I mean, Sam never made an All Star game? Yeah, one. He made
5: one. Okay.
3: Chauncey won four All-Star games better than Sam. I'll put it
0: that way. I mean, Chauncey was the Five was MVP, wasn't he? Yeah. Was, he he played on a team where it was difficult to award it to somebody. So they're like, we got to give it to somebody. Let's give it to Chauncey. Yeah,
3: yeah. get it. Chauncey yeah, first nice got name. the league. He, uh, his first couple of weeks in the league, he's supposed to be a problem back when he got drafted. like Chauncey was, you know, yeah. before been yeah, he been like, oh, supposed
1: to be.
4: As good
3: as, yeah,
4: as,
0: good a as his
4: legacy
0: Right, I don't uh, think huh. uh. as good as his legacy will be for everybody. I still <laughs> don't think Chauncey lived up to what he was supposed to be when he got drafted.
3: Oh, I don't. But nobody think, he else will like, agree what? with was that. Top so top
0: pick, they're going to see the the accolades and you know champion finals MVP, All Star. I mean, he's kind of. I think that Pistons team they ran into. That Golden State type situation where the team was winning so much in the conference, so let's just, and everybody was probably on equal footing. Let's just put all of them in the All Star game, you know? Whatever. Uh-huh. But um, but that, that's that's bees, man. So mm-hmm.
5: I mean, I'm
0: not dissing Chauncey; he was good, but I I, I think a little <laughs> bit overrated. <laughs>
5: overrated. Maybe I can
0: like Chauncey, like the 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 consummate floor general at like five assists per game. Anyway,
5: yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Gus. All right. So, um, before we even get some of your investment picks, um, let us know what's what's your what's your final four, looking like? And in this early early stages, I sure hope that it's still intact.
5: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, initially I was on Cincinnati, but I I switched to Arizona, so I got them. Arizona, Michigan, Mm. Michigan State, Villanova with Sparty, Michigan State coming out on top. Okay. Michigan State with another
0: national championship. I hear
5: you. Yeah. This is a year where, I mean, there's no great teams. There's there's several good teams. This is a year where, you know, one of them can just kind of, Come out and get it. There's several of them who have a chance. It kind of makes me so much angrier that Maryland isn't in the mix because this is the year you can get one. You know,
2: right? Mm-hmm. You can luck up. Maybe Maryland can luck up or
5: something. They have to be in it. Somebody
0: gotta be in it to win it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do get, get one. All right, so um, let's get some of your picks because I did also want to ask you about uh, your latest article. Uh, for War Room Sports. Um, so, the first game that you're going to pick, who is this? I just got your picks kind of late, so you're going to have to help me out here. Um, I'm looking at the bracket. VT minus two? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, minus two, who are they playing? That's what I'm talking about. Alabama. Alabama, right? The 8 9 matchup. I'm sorry. All right. So, yeah. Virginia Tech minus two. What's your, what's your thoughts on that one?
5: Um they historically Virginia Tech along with Missouri and Arkansas, they've been you they can beat anybody at home and then lose anybody on the road. But this year they showed a little ability to win on the road, including of course winning at Virginia. Um so I'm gonna edge them uh, just on this one. Uh Alabama's they're a decent team. they you know, I mean you know, they actually beat Auburn this year, which um you would think it was a football thing, but so I'm gonna go with Virginia Tech though.
0: Okay. And then you got uh on the other side, you got Houston. Um Houston getting four in the six eleven matchup against San Diego State. So Houston, yeah, Houston minus four. What's your thoughts on
5: that? Yeah, Houston minus four. Very dangerous team. Very dangerous team from an underrated conference. The um American conference and I and I think some of that is just with Connecticut being in such a down spiral, but um, Wichita State, Houston, um, you know, it is, it's a very dangerous, dangerous game, dangerous team there. San Diego State, they got a decent team, but I just don't trust that conference compared to what Houston's coming from. So I'm going with Houston.
0: Okay. And we got in the
5: uh three
0: C Michigan, minus ten versus number fourteen. I mean, 14 seed Montana.
5: Yeah, I, they might win by 20. Yeah, I don't need to say much more. Yeah, Montana is not easy, that good. Easy cover on
0: them. <laughs> yeah, I think they're pretty. pretty easy. Easy. Okay, yeah. I, I don't think anybody out there is going to disagree with that one. Um, then we got the four seed Arizona uh, minus nine versus 13 seed Buffalo.
5: Yeah, they might win by 18. <laughs> <laughs> Not twenty,
0: just <laughs> eighteen. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. because these are games. I mean, people look for the upsets in in the yeah. NCAA tournament, but it, especially these last two games that we just talked about. I don't. I personally don't think that's where any any of the upsets are going to come. So, I I agree with no, that, that as well. That you, that you that
5: part out. of the excitement is. We, uh, that's just a part of excitement. So people overthink it. They overreach it. But if you look right. at the lines themselves, even Loyola, now I had Loyola, and, you, and if you follow it all year long, you look at that line, they were only uh, one-and-a-half-point underdogs. So, it, it, you know, people who, know, who follow this stuff, they knew that wasn't okay. Miami's going to be in trouble there. That's going to be a tough game for them. So, Right.
0: All right, so now we have uh, Tennessee Providence.
5: Uh, plus one and a half versus seven C Texas A M. Yeah, that's a, a good game. That was Providence was when I initially thought of it. Providence was three point underdog, so the money's been going on Providence. Um, Texas A&M is A M is a good team, but I, I again the Big East, it's still a very good conference. People keep can't get over Syracuse leaving and, and the other the teams that used to be in and all that it's still a very good conference as evidence having two number one seeds. So I see Providence winning that outright. Okay. All right, and then you got
0: uh St. Bonaventure who is an eleven seed uh plus
5: six versus six seed Florida. Uh yeah. Uh they're from the A ten uh, again, one of those conferences doesn't get a lot of attention, but they have some good basketball there. Florida, very up and down all year long. and so I see St. Bonaventure covering that six, and I also actually think that they're going to win that game. So there's your upset special right there. St. Bonaventure over mm. Florida.
2: There's the upset. Stay listening for Gus.
0: Alright, now <laughs> if you guys Follow our website worldroomsports.com. You'll see uh, plenty of articles written by Gus, especially. On um, the latest was actually about the NCAA tournament and the proposed abolishment of the automatic bid. Now, you wrote a piece on that, and there have been a lot of pundits who are for, um, you know, getting rid of the automatic bid because the thought is it doesn't allow the best 64 teams into the field, you know, because certain conferences are just getting the automatic sure. big. So you may like, you, you may have a conference where a team has a losing record, but if he, if they win and end up winning their conference tournament, then they're automatically in. And a lot of people over the years have thought that that's really not a fair way to get into what's supposed to be the elite tournament. Um, in the in college basketball now, no put more a affirmative it, action, right? But you put a twist on it that had something to do with HBCUs, and you know, all four of us uh, here on the air are graduates of HBCUs. So, just give everybody your brief thoughts on the automatic bid, what you think should happen with it, and how you tied it to, uh, you know the HBCUs and the impact that it has on those schools?
5: Well, um, if you look at it just in terms of a, a just a pure sort of Darwinian competitive piece, you know, automatic bids are going to put things in that aren't as good as some teams that don't get in. Now, right. and, you know, obviously that's something that you'd be concerned about, but the alternative is to go to the football situation basically. And, and then what we would have is, as an HBCU can be as good as, let's say, Central Florida was this past year, and have not an inkling of getting a chance to win the whole title. That's not mm-hmm. fair either. That's I would I would argue that that's more unfair, if that's a term, than the current situation. Right now we have the automatic bid, and three MEAC teams: Coppin State in '97, Hampton in '01, and um. Norfolk State uh, a couple years ago, three NEAC teams have actually won from a 15 seed. So it's not as if, um, at least as far as NEAC goes, it's not as if uh, that three of the eight, eight 15 teams have won. So it's not as if they haven't had any success. Um, right. And they're all got put out in the next round. So it's not as if you're having a team take a spot that really, is, uh, you know, a legitimate shot of maybe winning the whole thing. What you are doing is including teams that have historically been checked out of the big money pot, in the money pot. You're talking about a money pot that's going to clear a billion dollars within the next few years. And HBCUs, without the automatic bid, we'd be totally shut out of that. And so, to me, the issue is bigger than just pure athletics. It's about some basic fairness for schools that we all know haven't gotten that basic fairness. And contrary to our Secretary of Education, you know, they're not existing because we chose to go there. We chose to go there, yes, but their existence wasn't by choice. It was by necessity. And so I want to keep right. them in that money pot. Yeah, I, I um, understand. I that
2: totally understand respect that. Yeah, that uh, perspective I mean. because I, I. No, you're good. Most most people when they have this conversation, aren't looking at the economics around NCAA sports, um, particularly mm-hmm. this you know scenario like the value of each game in each round to the participant is huge. And so exactly. why should we be made to give that up when historically the economic impact of the disparity between the various ethnic groups here, you know, we historically black people have been lower on that totem pole and still are. So why not support our institutions being more economically viable through participation. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm 100% with you.
0: Yeah, yeah I understand. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, I, I, I do understand probably the fact, I mean, I can't prove it because it it hasn't been abolished yet, but I, I would assume that no matter how well a, a, a MEAC or SWAC team does, Without an automatic bid, there still really wouldn't be any chance of them getting into that tournament because the first thing they're going to do is talk about their strength of schedule, you know, versus the other teams yeah. in the field. So yeah, without an automatic mm-hmm. bid, there is probably no shot. I mean, you probably can go undefeated yeah. Yeah. in the Miac, but as long as you only played, you know, teams in the Miac and maybe a few more mid majors um, earlier in your schedule, there there wouldn't be a shot in the world.
5: They'll give you a shot. And the thing is, they, sometimes they make it sound like, well, it's a matter of who you play and where you play them. Well, you know doggone well that if the big school gives you a game and they know you're good, they're going to make you come all the way across the country. They're not going to give you a home and a home. They're not going to do that. No. There's nothing for them to gain in it. They're going to make you come all the way across the country. They'll pay you X amount of money to do it. But it's, it's, the system is just not set up for you to affirmatively – make yourself competitive and so without that automatic bid we are done we're done
2: yeah no yeah. I, I i totally agree with that i totally it agree with that it makes you come, that. Get, that check.
0: Make you
4: come get a check I'm never, beat down i am
0: never mad.
4: You
2: i'm never mad at those times when florida state um plays florida a and M. i a&m i'm like yeah it's going to make for great jokes on the war room and we're going to clown the rattlers but at the end of the day they probably got a million dollars for that game so i'm like go get that back go yes yeah, it's, it's and secure the bag it, it,
5: yeah it's it's not it's not a system i'm comfortable with in terms of the football thing because just the physicality piece and you know like i think was i think it was, was it was a um, Savannah State, or was it Gram? It was one of the one of the HBCUs was going to put their fellows uh, on a bus to drive to, I think, play Oklahoma State, and they got a lot of pressure, a lot of hassle about that, and uh, it, you know it pressured them into going and put them on a plane. You know, you're making enough money to do it with just going to the game, right. so I'm not comfortable with it, especially in football. But from an economic standpoint, you know, you, you know what, what alternatives you have? That's the reality of it.
0: All right. Well, everybody, just make sure you go to worldroomsports.com and check out uh, Gus's latest article so you will understand everything that he's talking about right here. But, Gus, thank you again for your time. we um, am going to try to get you back next week so we can get some picks before the Sweet 16. Um, so we'll see you then. We'll talk to you then.
5: My pleasure. I'm Dover, but I'm not running this time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Talk to you next week.
0: <laughs> all right, Gus. All right. Gus Griffin, everybody. World Room Sports writer and handicapper. He may have won you something. He may have lost you something during the football season, but <laughs> I still give him props for his his, his late-season comeback. The last two <clears throat> weeks, he put it all on the line and made a nice little comeback. Yeah, he made his, so
2: – He's helping you invest, and so diversify your portfolio. That,
0: the, the automatic bid thing, be like, like, is is there two sides of this for you? I mean, because there is for me. Like, when you just looking yeah. at it from a pure competition standpoint, like, we complain all the time in, in every sport, like, we want to see the best teams, yeah. you know, in the playoffs at the end. So, like, is it really fair to competition? That we have to let teams, and this is not just an HBCU thing, because there's a lot of conferences out there that aren't from black schools that get automatic bids with teams that probably shouldn't be in the tournament, um, while certain teams, you know, have to go to the NIT. Certain teams don't do anything in the postseason because of this system. So how fair is it from that standpoint, you know, versus? us being graduates of HBCUs, us being black dudes saying go ahead and get that bag. But on the flip side of that, how fair do you think it is?
2: I think it's completely when when we talk about, you know, I got to go to one of my my uh catchphrases, competitive greatness, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it is. I I I admit it's it's complete hogwash to have you know Morehead State competing against UConn, um, but like
3: I can't get past.
0: I'd invite my Morehead HB State to any Biden. part.
3: Yeah, tell uh, them to stop uh, using uh, our stop using our um our boys as labor as free labor best, and let them all best, go to let them all go to, HBCUs. Yeah. <laughs> let them all go to HBCUs. Yeah. Let them all go to HBCUs. We have our own tournament. Get them. No mind. Go ahead, Come get them. You it. got it. My fault. Get em. I'm just saying. Like, no, get him. Em. Get him. I, mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I understand what you guys are trying to say in terms of competitors. You also got to tell man, our boys come on home. This is true. They definitely come they on home. Tell our boys to okay. stop uh, chasing pork. Yo, yo, yo. Listen, man. You know, it's going to take for us need to, to go pretty much to the girl alone. Yo, it's gonna take for us to in the infrastructure program. So when they go to look, they're not looking at raggedy gyms, and they're looking right. at the same state of the art just type of things they see when they go to Duke. Anyway, right. Um, but you know, the thing about it is like the competitive greatness. I understand that, but those magical moments when you have a, a lower seed beat a bigger seed that is not supposed to be there—that's what makes it the tournament. So yeah. even though they can't, really yeah. can't compete for the title. Those moments every once in a while, like Richmond beating Syracuse, and like so, so when those automatic big like actually Shoot, pull and off like, and upset, that's Mason, what makes the tournament Mason special. And going to the Final Four. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, Mason. yeah. That's what the
3: tournament's about. Like those moments are special. Sometimes more special than, um, you know, Duke uh, or Kentucky winning championship. Who cares? It's those moments in oh, no the tournament that make it so special.
0: Because when a Mason gets on a run like that, the,
3: it's no doubt and, you
0: know, that I'm rooting for that team. Like, I started rooting yeah, for that
2: team school, like they were from
4: my hometown.
2: Some of your examples, though, like, as, as much as George Mason is a mid-major by definition, they've had enough success in the tournament and in, and in NCAA basketball to appear, like, period. I don't really look at them the same as I look at, at a MEAC school or a SWAC school. Like they can actually put together good recruiting classes from time to time and and realize and experience success. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the brother Shaka Smart coaching at at uh, where was VCU. he at at, 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 VCU. Major, you know, at VCU. It's like some of those schools, but I don't, yes, but I don't, mid majors, but it's not I like, know, I disagree it's with not the, like Howard.
3: Yeah, that's like, what what the success does class, basically though. have at a tournament though. Like, I don't know what success you're say, talking I, about. Maybe I, I disagree with that. Maybe you know being, something I don't know. I would I would
0: attribute alternative facts. both of those programs and what they've done in the past decade to coaching. Not necessarily recruiting classes, because okay. they were you know, their recruiting classes didn't really make noise. And while you're saying that, like yeah, I've actually seen Howard in the past five years get lauded for their recruiting class, and then you know hyped everybody up, and then it never materialized into anything. Panned out. But yeah, yeah. so I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I I, I want I want to give Shaka Smart and and um, their props on the coaching jobs that they that they did with lesser talent. You know what I'm saying? They may have gotten some guys to come after that run because a few better guys in the area probably said, man, you know, if they can do that, if they had me, then blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it never really worked out. They both leave for bigger programs, and then they're right back to where uh, we're used to them being. But
3: no, it's it's an interesting,
0: interesting topic. But everybody, make sure you go to warroomsports.com and check out uh, Gus's oh, article. I know.
3: I, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a need my brother to tell me the success that George Mason had, though. Like, really? <laughs> yo, George Mason. George Mason. Yo, George Mason's been around like a hundred years. They've been around like a hundred years. Like years. They made it six times, yo. In three of those six times, they was a fourteen or higher seed. So I'm trying yo, to see all the success. Yeah. I've seen.
2: Yo, I've seen. Yo.
0: <laughs> Why you, you say, say that? that Hampton has had more success in the tournament than George Mason. Besides yo, that one, George one. Mason, they,
3: they had. They had. They had. George Mason has only been a, sin- a single-digit seed one time in the history of their school, ever, in, London, in the universe.
2: Yo, they won a
3: total of I'm tournament games in like 150 years, dog. Maybe, maybe, maybe,
2: maybe my pressure, bias man. is, is – uh, yeah, he's putting pressure on. My, my bias is because I've seen my alma mater actually recruit and give money to people that cannot play basketball. Like, they literally can't play basketball, and they're on the team.
0: I keep telling you that once in a while, even your alma mater, once in a while people believe the hype on it, on something. You know, even when we were there, you know, they recruited that young boy from across the country, and everybody walking around school talking about he could go to the league. I'm like, what league? (laughs) Either way.
2: (laughs) Either way. I wasn't talking about him. I wasn't talking about him, we can't name no names. To protect the guilty, but we've seen people. I was about to move on. I know you like. like the
0: name name. I was about to just like, why well, bring that up? <laughs> I like, like B, about to say his name. All right. So we got some calls on the line. We're going to go to we're go out to Arizona to the biggest Alabama fan we know. Jimmy says he's surprised, you know, they be letting them into the state. But uh, Tobias, roll down tight, hey,
4: Roll down tide. Like, it's Shout, Shout out to you. Now segregation forever. <laughs> Shout <laughs> Shout what's to going Seth on, fellas? Sessions. Hey, fellas, what's Ooh, going I'm on with life. y'all, man? So you know, come and Bama, and play at, uh, Bama
0: plays V oh, Tech at 920,
4: twenty-eight nine. Yeah, we up. got the uh, one. I've been saying this forever. Colin Sexton is better than Trey Young. Can we just get, hey, oh. let's just be honest about that one.
3: Uh,
4: I just, Uh-oh. I just like call that Colin Sexton versus everybody. But, I don't really go go that far. I, they might be Virginia Tech, but they don't have a chance of hell against Villanova. <laughs> I'm just being honest about that one. But, um, Speaking of you know, Trey Young, his... Oklahoma lost
0: to the 70 Rhode Island in overtime earlier. Trey Young had 28 points, five rebounds, and seven assists in his uh, only tournament. Well, his this is going to be, you know, <clears throat> he's out basically. You know, so he has an well, appearance.
3: Now, yeah. Yeah. I have a question. I got a question for you can help me with. Like with Alabama oh, fans, I know they have a lot of white sheets. Like where do they get them cleaned <laughs> at? Do they take them to the cleaners or like <laughs> is it a guys like
4: You know what they say? They say, Hey boy, clean them sheets, boy. That's what
1: they say. <laughs> um
4: <laughs> I'm just hey, no, about, like, what we you
0: do.
3: Do they just buy new ones and poke holes and old? Do like take them to the dry cleaner somewhere and, like, you know. Maybe on campus. How, they,
2: how do they carry those heavy crosses that they're going to burn around? How do they do that? Where do they? Where they
4: <laughs> I, ironically, that actually happened when I was a kid. When I was a small kid, my mom was yeah, like, I'm telling me sure that. Yeah, yeah, and that happened for real to us. And uh, They try to live in the burbs, you know, they ain't like that. But hey, it's how it is. But hey, you think Alabama's bad, take a trip to Mississippi. That's all I got to
3: say. Uh-huh. Yeah, let me tell you this. I ain't, I ain't going to be one of them. I'm going to have to, to lay my hypothetical <laughs> game down if I go to either one of them places. <laughs>
4: I am. But, man, but, you know, I was in the tournament. Man. You know, I did pick – I screenshot it where I picked Loyola to beat Fred's team. I don't know if Fred going to claim to you after this one. But as, that was one that was kind of obvious. But I, I don't mind the automatic bids. And I don't mind, like, a school for the SWAC or the MEAC get in because that money, like, those schools don't have the resources like your big boy schools to, to like, not get the automatic bids or take those games. See, what people don't realize, I don't use the HBCUs, for example. Most of the kids are going to school on credit, and we know for obvious reasons why, which ain't our fault, is the way the system's set up. So you're not gonna have like a a guy bring like a regular black guy putting up a hundred thousand or a million dollar endowment like you do at the Stanfords or Texas and stuff like that. So that money from those automatic bids or so playing like in Alabama or Florida or something like that could help those athletic programs because you got regular everyday but, white people paying let's back,
3: let's back that up. Let's back that up though. Let's back that up because one of the issues is, spec um, use produce most of our professionals in the African-American community. Most of our doctors, our lawyers, our inventors, our, just our judges, they all come from HBCUs. It. So that's not an excuse that they can't donate that way. fact is they oh, don't donate good. that way. They don't donate that way. Like one of the biggest issues that plagues HBCUs is alumni not donating. They have plenty of successful alumni, and that goes across multiple schools. The fact is they just – they, they and, and I guess that leads to uh, management of the school too because for the reason – um, schools aren't able to have the alumni donate the way that other schools are because other people take more pride in their schools. So this is a deeper psychological issue. We don't take pride in our own institutions the way we should. You know what I mean? Like you know what, they take pride in their schools.
4: You know what else? It's like, it's like, uh, and my thing, if you only got $100, donate that, you know, what you can. Like even like Miami, a lot of those players, who black players came over there. Hey, I'm saying the white school for them. They ain't donate. The Rock donated a lot. But what I'm saying is like, you're right. It's pride in that. We don't even have pride in the family business as well. We must have pride in those institutions. And I think that's like you got something there where you said, I want this institution to do well. If I only got $100, hey, I'll give you 75 Anything is better <laughs> than nothing. Every, by, by every, little
3: bit, every little bit counts, man. Does. And the fact is... And even someone's on this phone, like, like even I, I should do better in terms of my. Do- I mean, I do to uh, the HBCU I attended. You know, what I mean, you know. So, but at the same time, I probably do more. Um, you know, but 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 it's it's a it's, it's a bigger issue there, and I, I know that B. Austin can speak to this. But the fact of the matter is, all of our institutions, whether it's a school, whether it's our banks, we just don't take pride in our own things, and a lot of time look and say, okay, let's get this up uh, back from there because. We can't uh, have don. We can have donors that way if we wanted to. There are a lot of yeah, success. on. Um,
2: <laughs> that that what, what you're talking about there takes us into a deeper a deeper issue, and, and we don't have yeah, time really to delve into that. That's, that's, what, bias. It that's, that's, that's exactly bias. what it is. point. At the end of the, at the end of the day, I'll say this: the absolute worst worst result of white supremacy is how black people feel about themselves and their institution like mm-hmm. you let you let, you let uh, uh, a white bank teller in a bank or platform person sitting at, the, sitting at the at the desk give them bad treatment or whack customer service they're going to identify that with that particular person with that particular branch but not all quote unquote white banks but if they had that <laughs> same experience at a <laughs> black bank,
3: yo, oh, it's I'm, not, all I'm over. taking it's my all money over. out of all black banks. Yo, listen, <laughs> Walmart has the worst customer service out of any business I've ever been <laughs> to. Like, yo, you go into Jonah, 600 people, and they got one line, and they don't even care that their customer service is terrible. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, yo, we, <laughs> dude, get this. You know, hey, fella get it's this. Me, me and my lady, go ahead.
3: But i always told you to emancipate yourself from that, man. Emancipate yourself from slavery, B. That's what it is. Yeah, because, you know, me and my lady oh, went man. out
4: to eat right. And uh, I said, I wanted a swordfish, white restaurant. I said, hey, I'm oh, sorry, sir, but we out of swordfish. I told her, this is why I don't go to white restaurants. They're always running out of stuff. But let that be a black restaurant. Most of our restaurants are mom and pops. You run out of stuff because business was good that night. We, will, we, we expect us to be perfect, and you're not going to be perfect. We don't have those resources. So we're going to swing and miss sometimes. We may not have the most fun, so we're, we're but hardest, it's a thing called art. We're
2: hardest on ourselves.
4: Yeah. We're, and we're I hardest said hard. on
2: ourselves to buy. And that's because yeah. we don't love us. We don't identify with beautiful or, or thriving or success or positivity with us and our people. And when we do do well and our esteem is high, we separate that esteem from cultural esteem. But, again, we're going we going off the deep end, man. Yeah, yeah, we going, going to make Alabama them
1: But
4: can I say this real quick, though, about the NFL? Mm-hmm. <sighs> boy, 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 like I said last week, and I say it again, it's confirmed. The Tampa Bay <laughs> Buccaneers are mathematically eliminated from playoffs already. You got a GM who, who, who's a lame duck, head coach of the lame duck, and all they did was even try to sign a bunch of guys we never heard of. And, um, hey, y'all, got, no y'all pass, got Bo right? Allen, DJ Willie G who was the hell is about that? that. Y'all got Bo Allen. The, the only Bo the I know is Bo Outlaw.
0: Somebody is, is yo, DJ yeah. Willie G said that in the um in the group chat earlier. I was like, <laughs> yeah, my Tampa Bay Bucks got Bo Allen from the Eagles. I
4: was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I wanted to thank you for taking him off our hands. Like, thanks. Like, that was, but, but you, yo, that you like, know yo the God. part that kills me is that, uh, the part that kills is that the part that kills me is like the Eagles, for example. They ain't resting on their laurels. They're like, we're going to keep getting better. We're going to add Michael Bennett. He may be a rotation guy, but he's a good rotation guy. Tampa, they just, I'm like, you five and 11, the whole staff is on lame duck deals here, and
1: they ain't doing nothing.
4: And, 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 and you got fans talking about, well, we got to worry about signing our own play. You mean that whack-ass left tackle who got Jameis hurt this year? <laughs> kept missing blocks? <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or the guy <laughs> who they put at center can't do a snap? <laughs>
0: you know where Bo, Bo Allen know? is? He's Mike no. Golick without the a personality. Truck, a truck he'll drive. Never, have truck he'll drive. never have
4: a talk show.
0: He's just as bad. <laughs> a
4: customer service Just as average is. a uh, and, I mean, hey, guys, go. but I, I got to run, but I got leave to leave y'all with this. You got bad backup quarterbacks getting all kind of bread who we know can't play, but Colin Kaepernick, they say he can't play and want too much money. Sam man, Brown get it is on. still getting paid. But, hey, so right, you guys man. have a good one,
5: though.
0: Man. All right, we'll let right, right, you next week. All right. <laughs> and shout out to Skyview in the chat room. He weighed in as well. He said automatic bids are cool. That's how you get your Cinderella team. Same thing y'all were saying. Um, he said HBCU should pay their collegiate athletes Then watch how fast the other schools follow suit. Um, they're part of Isn't NCAA, it? too.
3: Like, like, they get in lots of trouble for that. No, the one in, like, an article um, or something came out, they tried, they tried all right, something. I mean, they were saying
0: that they were going to – they were saying how HBCU should leave you know, NCAA so it. they can pay their athletes. Cool.
1: What
0: was that? They got me was that me? Yo, hey,
1: what,
0: what is going did we, on? Did we did we not hang up don't. on Tobias? Must yeah, but, uh, I don't, I don't think, I, I'm glad he wasn't doing nothing else after we. Yo, he was taking line.
3: orders to clean white sheets right there. I heard him he say, "How many sheets you bringing in?"
0: <laughs> Yo, all right. Yeah. So, anyway, man. Y'all, y'all stupid, man. Penny Hardaway, keeping with college basketball, is uh, set to become the next head coach at Memphis. So, you know, since he's a legend there, he's kind of coming full circle on that. But there's a a, a a group out there who doesn't really think he's qualified. Like, he has a dominant high school basketball program, but many people aren't attributing that to his coaching skills but his recruiting skills being Penny, and he also runs a, a big AAU I mean, program so. that's in Memphis. What you need for college, though? That's being what you a need legend. For the college
3: program? Yeah.
0: No, that that's true because if he can get the best talent in Memphis, you know, on his AAU team, and he's sending them, you know, to Division One schools, if he can get them to stay in Memphis and play for him, then he could have some pretty good teams. But then again, you know, can you? Get twelve guys from Memphis and and be that good? Are they hooping like that in Memphis?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I, ain't, know they, get, I ain't know they you can
0: no get the best twelve guys in the city and and dominate the city, but can you get a bunch of guys from Memphis and dominate college basketball?
4: So I, mean, I guess that's I what
0: they're
3: asking. Mean, so without
0: some it's it's major, possible, I mean, yeah. But here's my thing. I mean, no, First uh, off, I didn't
3: know they would be. I didn't know they was getting no money in Akron, but they was. But even beyond that, um, the second thing is, what kind of, what kind of success has Memphis had with <laughs> pre-Penny Hardaway? You, you act like he's taking over North Carolina, Duke of Kentucky and stuff. you taking over Memphis, right? Baby. Well,
0: you like, know, they know, had yeah. Tubby Smith. Yeah. They, they just didn't, have, they door, didn't have Kentucky Tubby Smith. They had old head Tubby Smith who probably, ain't old head know, he probably was in it for the Patriots. Tubby.
3: They had the Larry Holmes version <laughs> of Tubby Smith. <laughs>
0: Flabby and sick.
3: Yo, Pac bodied uh, Larry Holmes with that, because every time I think Larry Holmes, that line comes to my mind. Like,
0: Larry <laughs> Holmes is literally
3: one of the greatest of all time, but Pac made him, like, just relegated him to the end of his career. Anyway. So he was um, in the school cafeteria, my,
0: like, I like soup. What kind of soup?
3: <laughs> yo, <laughs> my man Larry Holmes was that dude, cause he had a rotary phone in his car in, like, 81. <laughs> yeah. Tell me y'all saw that clip at that 30 to 30, y'all.
2: Yeah, I forgot about it. Yo, that. yeah, the rotary
3: dog. <laughs> Yo, he was riding through the. It was on tape. He was riding through. He had a rotary phone in his car. I don't know how he got it to work. What like who hooked up? But Larry Holmes was killing him with the rotary phone. But anyway, um, it's not like he's taking over like the, the a Memphis program that's a powerhouse right now. So he's a chill. Like I think this is a good move. Um, I, I saw that he has a dominant high school program. To me, he is like Memphis basketball. I think of him in the little um, run they had when they was cheating. But, you know what I mean, like, he is Mr. <laughs> basketball. Man. Stop.
0: You ain't cheating. No, and he is.
3: And, um, and this has been the
0: M.O. of a lot of schools lately, though. Like, when things aren't going to the standard of the, the program, they reach back and get a legend because they think that's going to help recruiting. I mean, look at Georgetown. They got Patrick Ewing over there. I mean, he has much more coaching experience on a higher level than Penny Hardaway. But, come on, face it. They pick Patrick Ewing up because they figure Patrick our all-time Ewing. best player in the program
3: probably can get but some I people to come I to the school. I think that's dope. I yeah, love when swim. I love when teams do yeah. it um, a fake. Never at never the do. professional level. And because <laughs> I remember there was a time when like the Sixers, like they were notorious for not doing that, and they used to irritate me being in Philadelphia. I'm like, my why doctor did go to Orlando to get a gig when like Philly yeah. and the had so many opportunities to give people jobs, but they want to give World Be free a gig. Anyway, so I love when teams... they trying to learn their That's, That's why hard. they trot Allen Iverson out, like, every four games.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's
3: a change of ownership. New ownership understands that you build a culture, and this goes through, like, you know, high school, college, the pros. You build a culture, and you try to live up to that, quote, unquote, family thing as much as you can, although we all know what that really is. You know what I mean? Shout out to the Shout out to Hank. Uh, but, you know, Bubba you check, know all I um,
0: do is buy out the bar at Fridays
3: every four nights. Yo, so, you know, hi, Chuck like, yeah. right Bubba Chuck get him a bottle of Duce and it's, it's a wrap. He show up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <laughs> mention why are you in Charlotte? Because I live here.
0: I live here. I live here. I live here. He's <laughs> like my little dude. <laughs> like they all bigger than him. He's like my little dude. no,
1: nobody's name. Like, That's my, my dude.
0: little dude. <laughs> 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 yo, know, AI was hammered when they my did that. that that uh, <laughs> interview, man. When they oh, have it on TV,
2: like,
0: you know, all right, real AI,
2: quick ai delivered we... will not forgive him.
0: Nah, but real quick before we, um, you know, for B, because I know Jimmy ain't paying attention to it. Just to give me a few highlights that from a NFL free agency. I just wanted to ask you guys if you saw the latest uh, OJ program. I'm not going to... Say, you know, it's an old interview yeah. from 2006. What? 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 I am mean, right around the time I'm when he was about I'm to release saw. that book. Yeah, <laughs> right around the time he was about to release the book, If I Did It. So, you know, Fox is trying to build this as the lost confession, even though they had a question mark on the end of confessions. But what are your thoughts when y'all see this? First of all, I have to preface this. and You guys already know that the O.J. Simpson... Saga is probably the thing that interests me the most in entertainment because i 'cause I'm gonna call it entertainment, even though you know, people wouldn't like that. There's some, some lives were lost in this entertainment saga. But
3: like I know
0: Jimmy, like Biggie and Tupac, especially you know, whole, the whole Biggie I'm thing. I'm obsessed
3: with stories and he's documentaries. I'm obsessed
0: with that, obsessed like, with that yeah. as well. But for me it's like O J then Biggie and Pac. And then everything else Like whatever they make About those situations I have to watch it No matter if it's overkill You know a lot of other Yo. people tap out Like how many programs they're going to make about this dude How many times they're going to sit down and talk to this dude Blah 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 I, I can't help it man Like the the, the mini series they did last year Dev was let, very well done Dev led, uh, The documentary
2: Three night journey Kona, they did last year Kona, Great they <laughs> yeah, let like Kuna Gooding Jr. off the list. Back in the uh, back in the, into the wild off of, off of that, of that miniseries.
0: It's always a Cuban no, fan though. It, he can he
2: act. Body
3: though, I'm he, he a Cuban. Yeah,
0: he, so he, he, um, he, he I, I definitely just
3: watched just it. Cornball, bro. <laughs> I definitely Yo, watched it, and is it was the first <laughs> savage. His level is. Here's my was, thing, right? Was, let me just tell you this. I watched the whole thing. I'm gonna give my perspective right. The whole thing that bothered me in, in the grand scheme of it, outside of him laughing, um, is like <laughs> I see murders all the time and I shouldn't say this, but anytime you cut on the news in any major city or go on the internet, there's always murders by the mm-hmm. on a daily basis. There's people that die. I've never once thought Please hypothetically if I does, killed that person, how would I do it? Like I, right. like my let alone the mother of your children. Like why are you even nah. thinking about a hypothetical like we all know that he did it, right? We can we all I mean, let alone that you were on trial for doing it. <laughs> yeah. Now I know at the time he needed money and he was scrambling, but dog, you could have thought of something. Get a job, beloved. Like what are you doing?
0: That that that's the cra- I mean that's the that's the OJ is one hundred percent sociopath, one hundred percent psychopath at this point and you know, most likely like you said, a murderer. It's just it's wow. Like like he's he, he sat there, laughed through it like he was having a casual conversation about, you know, things that go on at home with the kids. And he was just laughing through this as if two people didn't lose their lives and what ended up being the trial of the century, um, like he didn't have to pay in civil court for the murders of these people. Like Jimmy said, he definitely was out to get a bag at that point because, you know, his money probably was spent paying the, the, the Goldman's and <clears throat> and his wife's family. But it's just amazing to see him sit up here and just be able to talk about this so nonchalantly. Um, and, when he started doing the Andy, hypotheticals, Jimmy, did you peep how he added somebody to the story? His friend Charlie, which understand. to me, was to Andy, Charlie was Andy, nobody Andy but was his
3: Charlie, Char- yo, Charlie was, was his on Charlie like that, man. Charlie ain't Charlie <laughs> ain't thinking, nobody, man.
0: He's a, he's a crazy dude who's calling his his alter ego or his conscience Charlie, because everything he said, Charlie uh. did. Think about it, Jim. It was it was all conscience related. He was like Charlie, like yo, I think we should get out of here.
5: Yeah, that's what you told yourself yeah, Charlie, Charlie was on his left <laughs>
0: shoulder. He
3: had <laughs> on on right and Charlie on the left. So Charlie said to grab this knife.
0: <laughs> yo, what's wrong with this
1: dude, man? I'm not
0: gonna spend too much it, but it's so fascinating, yo.
3: <laughs> no, okay, Dog, all the all the investigation into his life and everything, and nobody knows no damn Charlie. He yo, he gotta get out of he out of control. Yo. Oh it's, he has he no friends <laughs> it went from hypothetical to yeah, when I killed him, right, like my man went in the straight first person, like <laughs> talking about yeah. his feelings he had afterwards.'m dog, listen, man, you are bugging like how many it, it, I mean we watch a lot of that. how many times if y'all been murdered and said hypothetically, I would do it this way? What? Well, huh?
0: right and it, it's I don't it, care for it, somebody I don't know it's just a, it's amazing because the reason why this interview was never shown and the book never came out is because um, the Goldman family uh, put a, put a stop to it. So I'm wondering how it came out now. Like, is there some kind of statute statute of limitations on how long you can stop something from coming out? Or did they come back to them in 2018 with a bag and, you know, ask them if they were healed enough by this time to, to sit here and watch this dude do this. And then the commentary OJ on the side, you man Chris Darvin won't it, to ever be salty that OJ is walking the streets when it was, you know, he played a big role into the reason he got acquitted. So I think that's why he's salty. Yeah. Chris Darwin was yeah. over there and mad as hell.
3: Plus her. he lost the Martian Mar- <laughs> Plus you got like, kinda, you got kind of excommunicated from your community. Um, for yeah. essentially, essentially trying to do the right thing, <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right. Because everybody who, who who made him an outcast, I, they all in their mind think right now that OJ Simpson is a murderer.
3: <laughs> yeah, they do. But, Yo, but to
0: nobody, Cochran, they, You they, a legend. But they, but they not, but they not big enough, Jim. They are not as big as uh, you know Jesus and the boys. They're not. They're not gonna apologize to Chris Darden. They're just gonna.
3: No, they definitely <laughs> not apologize to him. Shout out, shout, out to, uh, shout out to my man Johnny Cochran, though, because that just proves your, your legendariness. Yeah, you went in there and, and, and played the fiddle. <laughs> All right,
0: so so real quick, because this is, you know, still going on. It's going to go on for a while. But also in the first uh, day and a half or first two days, well, no, first 26 hours officially of NFL free agency uh, any highlights out there for you?
2: Uh, absolutely.
0: Uh, um,
4: guaranteed money.
2: Allegedly, the Turkey. game is changed now that has gotten a guaranteed deal. Um, I'm just waiting for them to give Aaron Rodgers the entire state of Wisconsin. Like, there's no way that he doesn't get the state of Wisconsin um, based on 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 Kirk Cousins receiving a guaranteed eighty, what is it? A guaranteed eighty four million. See, but over, I, over, I've heard some, over,
0: yeah, over three years, three years, eighty four million all guaranteed. Over three years. And then they traded for Trevor Simeon to be his backup, while um, uh, Case Keenum is now the quarterback of Jimmy's beloved. Denver Broncos. That's where that's gonna work out. They, they probably still it should draft somebody. They made
3: it.
0: They made well,
3: what it a, a time! What a time! To, what a time to be a mediocre white quarterback.
0: Right. Yeah. But, but listen though,
3: about the Aaron Rodgers thing, B that's
0: everybody's. That's what everybody says. You know, as soon as you bring up the Kirk Cousins thing, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, he publicly had some problems with them getting rid of Jordy Nelson. And I- um he claims that his whole MO right now is for them to to win, to win a Super Bowl, to win now. And if he got the kind of contract that Kirk Cousins has just so he can prove who he is in the game, that would put a big wrench in whatever they could possibly do to to win right now. So so I, I hear people talking like, well, Tom Brady wouldn't do that. Tom Brady has been taking pay cuts for all of these years so they can keep winning, which is a total <laughs> misconception. Tom Brady has <laughs> restructured deals, made his cap he get his bag, a little though. less than with deals, but he gets all of his money because he just pops up with these sign-in he bonuses just, every few gets- years.
1: Bonus,
0: he gets it as a bonus. Which it's crazy when I hear pay. people fall for that Kool-Aid and they always say that. Yeah, yeah. So
3: is so that, if Aaron Rod- to know, do that though. Yeah,
0: Aaron Rodgers could possibly do something like that, you know, if his agent is crafty enough for them to be able to work something out like that. But I mean, if he and, just goes
3: out to get
0: the Kirk Cousins back, Green Bay might not be winning anytime soon.
3: Yo, and you gotta understand that Tom right. Brady has a wife that makes like fifty million a year. And I don't know what Aaron Rodgers' boyfriend does for a living, but that's probably not, you know, as uh <laughs> you know.
0: Well, Aaron got another career with the yo, um and state. Yo, salute yeah. to uh
2: salute to Malcolm Ooh. Butler. Uh Malcolm Butler got five years, sixty one million from after uh, getting
0: benched in the Super Bowl. from the
2: Tennessee. From the Tennessee Titans, Rabel, Rabel uh Rabel called his old coach and said, "Watch what I do. How you like me now?" Um, with thirty million guaranteed. Now, even, even before that. all of this,
0: I don't think he did. Even good. before
2: all of this, I didn't ever thought that Malcolm Butler was a thirty
0: million guaranteed talent. I not
2: like, think I, he was I, a thirty I'm million,
0: be, million never, overall
4: contract talent.
0: <laughs> yo, he made a very I, big I, play. I, yeah. In a very big game. So, you know, your name, well, you can the, cash off. Here's the big
3: question sometimes. I have to you, gentlemen. The you just you got gentlemen, their
0: ankles I taken in the tournament.
3: Like, <laughs> so I've seen the contracts come through, like, you know, through our group chat and all that. And I, the thing that I notice um, as an outsider at this point is all the guaranteed money. So what does this mean with all this guaranteed money, like, long term? And, and what is it going to do for the game? Is it going to be a good thing, a bad thing? Like, if some of these guys start getting injured with all this guaranteed money out there, what's going to happen to uh, foosball? Um, um
2: it, it's, it's a lot of guaranteed, but it's not as much as we think. As long as the other, players. as long as the other 80% of the roster remains in the normal, the normal, you know, unguaranteed
0: type of Yeah, but
2: over time, they're, 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 they're not even it's 80 cool. though. I uh, think yeah. this is
0: only going to happen for like quarterbacks and like very special Position talent. Well, that's that, right. that's
3: what, that, but that's what I was going to ask. But everything always trickles down too, though. So if this is starting to happen here, it's going to trickle down eventually. Now, who knows what the percentage Yo, Jim, is? But a lot of guys are going to be Bo like, Allen, "I'm not. Bo,
2: I'm Bo Allen, Bo Allen, ain't getting but a two million dollar guarantee. <laughs> they not giving Bo. They are not giving Bo no no guaranteed money for real. Listen, man. All I'm though. saying is, all I'm saying
3: is. When we start having the guys up top doing certain things, it definitely trickles down to the point where Mike Conley makes $800 million.
0: It's, no, Jimmy, I mean, you have a point. The point. It's going to trickle down because, I mean, at least there's going to be an effort to do so because when the next CBA is negotiated, they're going to start pointing to that. <laughs> giving these guys uh, a guaranteed the owners, money. The
2: owners are going to say, all right, well, we just won't play football for a year. See how
3: y'all do without <laughs> a paycheck for you. year. And then baby, and, and, okay. get out and, of my field. Good, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. let's and then, see how, that. <laughs> let's see you how much shut you that feel down.
0: Tennessee. Right. You yeah. Shut that down real fast. Get out of my field. <laughs>
1: no, <thanks. laughs> let's see how much.
3: <laughs> Oh you fuck No more checks, boys. Let's see how much you have saved.
1: Uh,
0: well, Drew Brees reached, um,
3: <laughs> with the Saints.
0: Um, RIP to Tom Benson. Their uh, their uh, team owner passed away today at ninety. He actually went into he the saw hospital them with He guaranteed contracts. Yeah, but you know you
4: can't.
0: You can't. You he can't get like, the flu. like, I'm I ain't dealing with this. At ninety years old, you can't get the flu. That's a death sentence. Um, yeah. The Giants uh, have made some moves drunk? that have a lot of Giants fans scratching their heads. Two years, $6.9 million for Jonathan Stewart. Four years, $62 million for Nate Solder. So, and the fact that Cleveland has signed Carlos Hyde, um, there's a lot of people in that mix that are kind of confused with Cleveland and or the New York Giants are going to do in the draft because the name that was floating around for both of those teams, of course, was Saquon Barkley. But with their additions, they have people second guessing what they might end up doing. Um, Personally, I don't think either of the top two teams in the draft should take anything but a quarterback, even though the Giants have Eli Manning. Eli Manning is up there in age. Um, They have a different head coach now, (laughs) even though, you know, the first one, I mean, the coach from last year kind of gave up on Eli. If he was still there, Eli would most definitely be on his way out. But I still think, at his advanced age, I think they need to be drafting a quarterback and uh, and letting them sit behind Eli for a year or two, um, so they can maybe uh, transition without taking a major dive. But that's just me. Yeah, I hope they do the wrong thing. Yeah, the whole a, the
2: whole Saquon. The whole Saquon Barkley going at number one talk—that's kooky. That's kooky talk. That ain't that ain't gonna happen. So he's up out of you know. I, I see him falling to five to twelve, um, and 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 one and two are are, are going to take quarterbacks. Um, but even if we say, okay, New York Giants, you have Jonathan Stewart and an opportunity to get Saquon Barkley. You have Jonathan Stewart. So, like <laughs> Jonathan Stewart. So, what what does that mean? Yo, know, at this point in Jonathan's career, an NFL team is going to say, "Look, we need we down around the goal line. We need you to go get some CTE and just fall into the end zone." <laughs> like in the, just No, I mean Jonathan, Jonathan Stewart, Stewart when he, he was, was young, young and quality. healthy.
0: When he was young and healthy, right. You know he was he was the consummate backfield sharer, so we know you don't just pick up Jonathan Stewart and say, "Okay, all of our other plans are off, so oh I
4: got it now yeah, if Cleveland doesn't make
0: that move, there's still a big a good chance that the Giants might end up with a saquon Barkley um with Jonathan Stewart being his potential backup um b austin your uh Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, of course, we know they uh they picked up Haloti Nata to go along with the Michael Bennett Ooh. trade Ooh. last week. Ooh. Uh Nigel Bradham is re signed five years, forty million. And if y'all if you guys remember, Dominican Sue was really uh admiring the Eagles from afar um earlier last season and was saying I'd play for them for free uh next year. I would hold him to that if I was the Eagles brass right now and make the greatest <laughs> make the greatest defensive tackle rotation that you could find anywhere with Haloti Nada, Timmy Jernigan, and Dominican Sue, and of course the all-pro Fletcher Cox. Um, even Ooh, somebody would, would probably have to mean. go. But, but would, I think the reason that, was... that he was liking what they were doing is because they shuffled guys so much so you didn't have to go out there and play 70 snaps a game like Fletcher Cox didn't do that until the playoffs, so he was a little bit fresher yeah. than you know other defensive tackles in the playoffs because they had to spend so much time on the field. The Eagles' line was good enough to you know mix and match. Shout out to Bo Allen, right? The, the All Pro going to, um, <laughs> to Tampa truck driver.
2: <laughs> Bo Allen drives cement trucks in the offseason. Um, all right, I, I I like I like the signing. Um, I like the signing. I think that it's a good a good I don't know exactly what Haloti Naha Nata, Nata has in the tank left, but if he is 95% of what he has been that is a devastating signing
0: to platoon to be able to platoon I, him in and out. Oh my God. You know what they'll be I That's don't expect beautiful. him to be 95% of what he's been and if the Eagles had a problem at defensive tackle, I wouldn't like the signing. But the fact that they're pretty good at defensive tackle and because Schwartz runs the defense like that with guys shuffling in and out, I love the signing because you have a, a guy who's older, but he doesn't have to play a ton. You know, you just stick him in there on the rundowns. Like, who's going to run against this team? Nobody did last season. But who's going to yep. run against no them if they're shoving those, run those run. guys
4: in? No one. And just
0: imagine, because I'm not even about the Eagles just running out and getting every big name that they could find. I know a lot of Eagles fans, every time somebody hits the market, ooh, the Eagles should get him. Like, people forget that the Eagles just won the Super Bowl. Like, we're no longer, like, we, we've been so programmed that we're always a piece or two away that every big name that falls out into the market, Eagles fans are clamoring for like, yo, we just won the Super Bowl without all of these guys that people want to pay a ton of money to because they think football money grows on trees and we can just pay everybody who gets released from their team. But I would like to see the Endomican suit thing happen just to shore up that scary, um, you know, defensive tackle rotation because then oh, you'll, you'll have, I, you have I, your I like. run stuffers and then you'll have the guys who can even rush the passer from the inside. On the
2: inside, yeah. I, I had a question with Malcolm Butler's availability. I would smack the the living dog ish out of Howie Roseman if he would have given Malcolm Butler thirty million dollars guaranteed. But I was going to say, is he an upgrade over what we have, and shouldn't we be investing in corner
0: to replace the guy no. with green hair? I'm not. I'm not uh, interested. I'm not interested. The Eagles had a bunch of young corners last year. I'm cool with those guys growing. I don't think we need to run out and just grab every big name or half a name. He got a, he got a name off the Super Bowl. Let them. I like let them grow. They improved throughout the season last year. I'll let them. You know, I'm I'm cool with them grow. I am very.
2: I'm very impressed with with cornerback number forty one. I like him a lot, and I think you build from there. Um. I need more depth at the position. Don't forget, and real honestly,
0: don't forget they yeah. got arguably the best cornerback in the draft last year. He just couldn't play until yeah. and the season, uh, yeah. injury. So if he improves, you know, you, you never know. Yeah, but we'll uh,
2: see. We'll see. But yeah, I, I was I was happy with what we did. Um, I was happy with the attention paid to the defensive line, and and shoring that up. So I, I thought we made. Great progress, but we ought to talk about the Native American gentleman um, in the NFL who wears baby
0: pads. (laughs) Yeah, Sam Bradford. uh, One year, $20 million with the Cardinals. Um, By my calculations, uh, because this is is a a guaranteed signing because it's only one year. By my calculations, once this season is up, Sam Bradford would have made 134 million dollars
3: in the NFL. Get that bread. And I'm sitting,
0: I'm sitting here like, has Sam Bradford played 134 games? Like, like, I, I don't understand it. But I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Jimmy when I say, I mean, when he says, you know, get that bread. If they want to pay you, if people want to keep paying yeah. Sam Bradford. He's going to be in his fourteenth year, and we're still going to be talking about his potential. If he don't get Yo, injured, man, that dude, he could be nice. They let, go,
3: they let, they let go the honey badger and gave and gave his boy back.
0: Yeah, okay,
2: pretty much, pretty much, pretty, yeah, screen. yeah. Hey, can you? Can you? I didn't. I didn't understand that release. I didn't understand releasing the honey badger unless. Your upset is his nickname. I can get that, but as a player, he is one of those hybrid defensive backs that is equally good away from the line of scrimmage as he is up on the line. He can play corner. He can play deep. Yo,
3: he's like twenty five, B. And he,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, and he like he's he's close to my son's age, like why are you cutting him? <laughs> Yo. I don't understand. Yeah, but they cut him they
3: cut him because and gave he didn't mediocre
0: cuts. All about money. Yeah. All about money. Yo,
3: why would I take a pay cut when you pay Sam Bradford a gazillion dollars? (laughs) To get hurt.
0: (laughs) Yo, Sam is that dude. Speaking of Sam Bradford, um, Eric Weddle, (laughs) the safety now with the, the Baltimore Ravens, he had a little something to say on Twitter about Sam Bradford. He said, so dumb, Bradford has been paid more for nothing than anyone in the history of the NFL. B, you, that, that's your man. You agree with him?
2: Absolutely. Not that he should be a chatty patty or counting other people's pockets, but hey, we need news in this news cycle. He ain't lying. Hey, I, he I ain't
0: lying. And, and it's one of those things. He's definitely not lying, but it's like, damn, what, what happened to the brotherhood that they talk about all the time? And and it's weird these days, especially in the days of free agency, in any sport, like, this could be your teammate. <laughs> this could be your teammate at any given moment, and then you have to be taking stuff back, kind of like uh, when um, Larry Nance Jr. got drafted to the Lakers after he said all that stuff about Kobe. Um, I, We just see it all the time. And somebody made a joke that I forgot who it was, Jim. I think they were in the... Uh, the Wolverham Sports Game Time chat group. <laughs> it may have been uh, Phil Matic from Tissue and the Tape. He was like, the Cardinals just, um, <laughs> they just cut uh, Honey Badger so they can try to bring in Eric Weddle. I'd be like, yo, that'll be the funniest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> that'll be the funniest yo, thing ever if the Ravens yo, trade Eric crazy.
3: Weddle to the Cardinals. <laughs> yo, his was crazy, right? So he didn't tell a lot, but like he said, some things are better just left not said. and. Right. Pointing that you point energy at the wrong person because what's he supposed to say? No, nah, don't give nah, me I don't that bread. I don't deserve. It. <laughs> I don't want that. He, he's, supposed to, <laughs> he's supposed to go to Ricky Williams route. Law, nah, let's make this all incentive based. I don't deserve this. No one deserves this, this kind of money.
2: Yo, technically, like, you know what I'm saying? Sam technically Sam speaking, to get mad at that? technically. Technically speaking, when you look at what the market is for a starting star quarterback, Kirk Cousins has set the market. And twenty million a year really isn't like it's twenty million dollars a year. So it's like, geez, Louise. But yeah. your starters are going to be above twenty five million a year. Your your quality starters are going to be in that twenty seven million a year range. So for Sam Bradford to get twenty, that's just kind of middle of the road for a definite starter who's not necessarily. Sometimes I wonder the who are. who
3: are they negotiate. Who are they negotiating against? Like if you don't give him twenty, or there a te- bunch of teams lined up to give him money?
0: Right. Um I mean but that's a great question. That's, you know Eric Weddle's comments is definitely fan speed. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of stuff you you kind of let us say that. You know, y'all are supposed to have the brotherhood or whatever everybody calls it. Um and, and, and the player, more the more, more money these guys get yeah, all that's good. down. That's what I'm saying. That's good for everybody. So why would you even say something like that? I can see the only person I can see even feeling that way about a Sam Bradford is another quarterback who, who may have may have a similar career to Sam Bradford, but, but has maybe been better or, or stayed healthier. That's the only person I can see even feeling that way, but a safety, if you're looking at a quarterback who you don't think deserves the money, that's just like Jimmy said, that just means more money is but gonna trickle down then, to you know, other you know positions. How defenders
2: you know how de, you know how defenders are and the ghost and the ghost of Sambo Ray Lewis is still in that locker room. They resent they resent quarterbacks on the defensive side of the ball and they especially
0: resent
2: it resent quarterbacks
0: in that defensive or, huddle or, or maybe that maybe that's his way of speaking out indirectly about what Joe Flacco's making. I don't know. <laughs> he just put his energy yeah, into
3: somebody I just, I else. Thought, so I kind of funny it. Like, it just doesn't have to be said. Like, or just point your energy be like, yo, what's wrong with teams? But then again, like, you still should just shut up because, yo, they got to pay you. Like, Let it trickle down. You should want everybody to get as much as possible so there's more money going around in the league. But like, you can't blame Sam Bradford. What, are supposed, what is he supposed to say?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. Just give me like $4 million. And we call it a day. I might get hurt. <laughs> yo it's not about
2: yo, Nick Foles. 80? Yo, Nick Foles should be trying to get cut now
0: so he can go get twenty two million a year. Well actually yo, they they this, asked, they uh they contacted the Eagles about Nick Foles before they signed Sam Bradford. So the talks didn't go too far. Here it is. What's
3: they what's should have
0: offered us honey badger it? and some picks.
3: All this money, all this money being floated, uh, this this these last week or so was crazy, man, because I know that like all the um IG models are paid, but also the agents, like these agents are killing it out here. They are getting all this guaranteed bread, like,
5: mm-hmm. you
3: know, so that's what's interesting to me. All this all right, bread, so I, I'm
0: a oh, bread. It's bread time. Let me always talk about that when we talk about free agency in football and basketball. It's like a it's like an IG model holiday. Uh, yeah, we definitely chatty-tatties. But I love it. <laughs> but listen, man, stat of the week real quick before we move on, because, you know, we have been talked about some of this stuff too long. 50 30, years ago 30, this 30, week, 30, and 30. 50 years ago this week, on March 18, 1968, Wilt the Stilt Sasquatch Chamberlain may or may not have put up the only quintuple double in the history of the NBA. His stat line allegedly was 53 points, 32 rebounds, 16 assists, 24 blocks, and 11 steals. Now, the reason that I'm saying may or may not have is because it wasn't until three years later that blocks and steals even became an official stat. But at the time, the, um, the, the 76ers radio announcer Damn, I don't know why his name is escaping me because he's a legend. Um, he used to keep he used to keep Wilt's blocks and steals stats on his own. So these are estimated stats in the blocks and steals category, twenty four blocks and eleven assists. And, you know, the that the actual story has been co- corroborated by some people, you know, fans, uh People who worked for the teams, people who worked in the NBA who were actually at Sonny the Sunny Sonny Hill. I'm, I'm pretty sure Sonny probably had <laughs> 37 blocks. But um, that's another thing. I mean, so, first of all, if there are people there saying he probably had about 24 blocks, then we know he had at least 10. <laughs> so that you know, part first is probably all, true. First you off, know what I mean?
3: Rest in peace. Rest in peace to Dave Zinkoff because I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um,
5: Shout out to him. We'll
3: no, no, no. He's not, a, not, he's him, not him. Not, him. not Dave Zinkoff, because Dave Zinkoff is an no, old school boy. Not the not the announcer, the radio guy.
0: He was a radio oh.
3: dude.
0: Zinkoff was the announcer. Julius. Yeah, the doctor. Our, okay. yeah, I'm talking about the guy who called the game for the radio. He the boy who called like the Hershey game.
3: Um he called this okay. game.
0: And and ironically so was,
3: uh, a legend too.
0: the center that played for the Knicks played this night. I forgot what team they were playing, but he played for this team. On this night, so Wilt gave him a hundred, and then he went to another team, and then Wilt gave him a quintuple double. So, safe to say, well, a lot of people compared to Wilt was a bum, but this boy was a bum. Um, I think his name was Eminoff I don't know his first name. Bill Russell. So was yeah, a bum compared to Wilt.
2: Was it? Was I mean, it, you guys the, uh, have heard uh, all the Powell. stories
0: about Wilt. So this is easily believable for you guys, right?
3: Absolutely. Um, uh,
1: absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dev, you talking about Harvey Pollack? But even, I forget who you talking about. Harvey that doesn't matter. Um, that was him. That was okay, him. Uh, Harvey. All right. But, but here's the thing, though. Um, to me, the most amazing is Wilt did all this without alkaline buckwheat noodles. And to do this right. without alkaline buckwheat noodles is an accomplishment in itself.
0: No doubt. And y'all will know what we're talking about. A little later in the program About these alkaline buckwheat noodles But the most The most amazing part of it to me And I believe every minute of it Maybe the numbers may be a little bit off But I believe that he, he did defeat um, The most Impressive part to me is the fact that No wow. human
1: being can do that
0: <laughs> And, 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 and it's like, No human <laughs> being can do that Except so for Wilt the still Chamberlain so, all right, before we move on, yeah. I see we got some more callers on the line as well. Um, you guys can check out our website, worldroomsports.com. Just make sure you you go there, uh, click on everything, browse the site in a few days. We're going to have some new stuff up there. If you guys, you know, if you like to uh, put a couple of dollars on the game, we're going to have something on the website for you. And we'll also be talking about that next week on the show. Um if y'all want to email us about anything, um, including business opportunities, info at warroomsports.com. Um, if you want to join the uh, chat room right now in the, for the show, blogtalkradio.com slash thewarroom. To enter the chat room, just sign up for a free profile on Blog Talk Radio. If you don't want to create an account, you don't have to. You can sign up through your Facebook and Twitter accounts. Um, we'll also be taking questions and reading posts from all our social media platforms. If you want to call in and speak with us, the Digital Extreme technologies hotline is open. The number is 323 Press 1 when prompted. And if you're listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. I see uh, Skyview1 and Shizzy B. King are holding it down in the chat room. What's going on, fellas? Uh, <laughs> Skyview said the Eagles should have learned their lesson from signing um, Namdi Asamwa. He butchered the spelling of his name, but... <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, and then Shizzy asks, "Who should have the credit for the Eagles' great roster moves? Um, Howie Rosen or Joe Douglas?"
5: Howie uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm
0: gonna get a props to Howie. Howie. Has had a chip on his shoulder the last two years since they basically banished him Howie to the <laughs> to the back of the organization. Um, from what we hear, even his office. <laughs> Even they put him in, in some dark dank office in the back of the facility and let Chip Kelly just take his manhood, take his job and uh, all of that stuff. So I think Howie really has um, a chip on his shoulder right now. But of course, I mean, it's an organization. It's a whole front office. So you're going to give both of those guys the credit. They're scouts. They're, you know, everybody involved. But I think Howie's, Pulling the trigger on on most of what's going on right now. So shout out to Howie. Shout out to Joe. Shout out to the Eagles in general. Um, While y'all were on the grind, uh, we're going to go through this real quick and give some birthday shout outs because we got some stuff to talk about in the NBA as well. So while y'all were on the grind, real quick, did you guys see the story about the minor league baseball player who was caught on stadium surveillance beating his girlfriend up in 2016
3: Yo, he let his hands Go, oh god
0: Yo, he He's a coward of all cowards Not that, you know, if, you, if you're gonna Beat your girl, it's better to beat her in public That's not what I'm saying, but
3: <laughs> yo, look at the,
0: no. The, the, no, I'm saying That's not what I'm saying, but <laughs> if you look at The footage from the staircase In the stadium, it's like He, you know, he, he comes through The door with her, it looks like a regular order About to walk down the steps but he kind of keeps his eye on the door and as soon as the door closes his hand is already in the air his backhand
3: going her way. And Yo, he put yeah. the Wahoo McDaniel John.
0: Right. And he gave I her like a two-piece with the same hand backhand and came back oh. but then he kept helping her put her glasses back on and then walk her down the steps and then hit her again and knock the glasses off and then help her put them back on. I'm like Dude has a problem. I mean, his first problem is the fact that he's hitting this woman like this. But he wild put. I mean, that's his
3: problem. What like,
0: did he think he was doing? Did he think he was making her feel better? Like, I'm gonna help you put your glasses back on before I punch you again. Like, I don't get it.
3: Dude is a noodle, man. Like, like Either dog. Way. Like it's it's no. Yo, there's no. Way around it. Yo, that's somebody's daughter. Be like you out there, like. Ric Flair chopping her, like, what is wrong with this dude? And he was actually brought in, you know,
0: on charges. Well, they brought him in, but uh, she refused to cooperate. She wouldn't press charges. So I think all he ended up doing was some some community service or something like that. Um, Like I said, this was back in 2016. He was released by that team. I don't think the new team in Pennsylvania knew about the incident, or maybe they did. And just swept it under the rug until the video came out. So when the video came out, you know, they got on their high horse and was like, oh, well, we have to release them because we don't condone that kind of stuff. And we didn't know that that happened. Um, in today's climate, people really don't believe you <laughs> because they know, you know, people will try to hide behind something until visual evidence comes out. And we've seen this type of thing time and time again. Uh, we saw it with the Baltimore Ravens. They knew exactly what Ray Rice did, but they didn't. You know, the Baltimore Ravens or the NFL didn't act on it, act on what they knew until the actual video came so out. So his
2: old his but, old yeah. uh, his old club needs needs more people.
0: Yeah, I think they might need more people. But either way, this dude is a straight up coward. Um, Roger Mason Jr. was fired as Big Three commissioner. How many of y'all knew he was the Big Three commissioner? I, 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 there, I think I we heard, knew I that, that, but Ice Cube yeah. we forgot in the camera, so you just assume Ice Cube is the commissioner, but I think we did talk about last year, Roger Mason Jr. being the commissioner, and that probably was like jokes yeah. along the line of, why the hell they got Roger Mason Jr. doing this? Well, he's out now. <laughs> there was some talk of corruption, but then Roger Mason Jr. followed that up, saying that there was... Uh, a racist climate in uh, the Big Three, and then he said he didn't. Ooh. He basically didn't appreciate uh, the actions of Ice Cube either. So he's out. The first report was that yeah. Ice Cube was indeed going to take over as the commissioner, but now it's Clyde Drexler. That's, that's out of left field, in my opinion. But <laughs> Clyde the Glide. Okay. So, so this is Jimmy's favorite. Um, professional sport. I guess
2: I guess Ice Cube Ice Cube has looked at Clyde to the Glide's game and figures Clyde ain't gonna tell. He's just gonna look down.
0: Yeah, he, <laughs>
1: yeah <he's>
0: gonna <laughs> look down and do everything with Ball. his right hand. He said, "Um, he said, yeah, he said it was a hostile and racist environment." Um, in a statement that he provided to the Washington Post, he said he was fired in retaliation for accusing the Big Three. And in particular, co-founder Jeff Quantinets of breaching his employment agreement. He added that a former employee of Big Three recently told him that Quantinets, an entertainment industry executive, have repeatedly referred to black athletes as rich niggers. Excuse me. rich Damn! Niggers. <laughs> so that was his, you know, that's how he fired back after he was fired, so... uh and, and he, he didn't goes, hear it himself said a former Big 3 employee told him this. But they said, um, according to league sources, Mason was fired for corrupt <laughs> practices. <laughs>
3: Come <laughs> on, man. Who told him? Charlie?
0: <laughs> Charlie so told I, I don't know. So there was an investigation Charlie, 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 into Charlie Mason's like, ties to a pair of Qatari investors in the league. Um, I Ayman I am Sabi and Ahmed el Rahumani. <laughs> who were alleged to have withheld millions of dollars from the Big Three. So um, Mason allegedly refused to work oh. on his behalf to get that money from them dudes. He
3: probably was afraid. Oh. What you going to do to them dudes? Yo, y'all y'all going down the path of uh, saying something we shouldn't, so let's move on.
0: Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and skip that. Jimmy Lee is in flux <laughs> already. Like, well, shout out the Q. He'll get it together. All right, so the dude who killed Joe McKnight, former NFL player Joe McKnight, in a road rage accident, incident, was, um, he was sentenced to 30 years, and the jury voted 10 to 2 to give him second-degree murder instead of, you know, first-degree murder. So he's going to get 30 years. I think the guy is already like 56 years old, so he'll be old bef- yeah. before he gets out if he ever, you know, gets Ass back
3: up. Now, I wonder how he feels considering it was road rage. Like, road rage is the worst. Like, you have right. no impulse control because now you got to sit around for 30 years and be like, yo, all he was like, you know. <laughs> like, and, yo, and this was silly. This
0: wasn't just like, he's next to me and we're beefing. Like, witnesses say Joe McKnight was, you know, swerving in and out of lanes on the highway, quote unquote, driving like a jerk. That's what the, uh, you know, the, his attorney said driving like a jerk but this dude followed him off of an exit because he was upset and that's when they ended up getting into it and they found so, out that he actually lied when he said joe mcknight lunged at him before he shot him so that's why i don't really know why he so didn't first degree murder but first whatever. degree yeah it.
2: that's premeditated
0: yeah, because he yeah cause he didn't lunge at him. He tried to say it was in self defense. But, but dog, they, is it, they worth it
3: Like that's my listen, man. Not at all. Bro, like I'm not why, following you know, I'm anybody why. off
0: the highway. Like it's never
3: that serious. Dog, I'm a sucker these days, man. Because I ain't getting nobody yet. unless you harm my family. I don't want no parts in this nonsense that be going on out here. Like I saw a young lady got a murder. I may or may facility. not
2: allegedly have a temper problem. <laughs>
0: I don't I'm going They, don't, the
3: exits, they, they don't, don't have Netflix no. and pizza in the joint, so I can't go there. Right.
0: I don't know these days. Yeah. People in the joint be knowing too much. They be knowing more than I think they should. <laughs> How you watch <laughs> That's
3: because they, be they be on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook.
0: <laughs> True. But, but yeah, I, like I can't. Like first of all, I'm too cheap to follow somebody off the exit. That's extra gas like
3: like, like well, what are we doing why
0: am i why am I chasing this dude off of the exit? um,
3: and at no time do you think to yourself like I probably shouldn't be following this boy, yeah, especially
0: because I'm strapped, and we're not we don't know what's gonna happen, you know so, yeah, anyway, all right, um last thing that happened while y'all were on the grind, uh Floyd Mayweather has confirmed that he will soon begin his training uh to fight. In the UFC So Floyd is about to start his MMA training Um, not sure What he has left to prove I mean I guess it's all about Those dollars but you know I, He wants attention I, I ain't trying to see Floyd get his block knocked off in the, um,
3: He wants attention
0: Because I my hopeful. thing is <laughs> I'm no B to see him get, get his block knocked
3: off He, he, he wants hopeful. attention I don't think it's happening Because you can make, he can make more money by just saying Y'all are the boxing match
0: he can make match. more money by going into
3: in. like the And he's never seemed like I want
0: I got something to prove type of dude. So yeah, you could just take another stiff in the boxing ring. Like, why do you have to go outside of your comfort zone? But he says, you know, he that I'm a better wrestler than people give me credit for. If I'm on a scale from one to ten, I think my wrestling skills right now are seven. And he's going to be working with um, Tyron Woodley of the USC. He said, you know, working with him, I can get him up to a nine. He said, of course. He said, on a scale of one to ten, my hands are a hundred. He said they're a hundred. And then he said, on a scale of one to ten, his kick game is probably at a four. So that's what he really, really needs to improve on. But he said he thinks people are are sleeping on him um, about this whole MMA thing. So, yeah, B is hopeful that Floyd jumps in the octagon and gets his
2: block. I am prayerful that the ground and pound, I don't no,
3: know if wrong. I feel like you do. So that's the only thing. Maybe if he doesn't do UFC promoted himself, he can get a license. Because I could see that happening where it's not UFC, but it's like Money May presents. Because people like you, in the same thing you're saying right now, they'll pay for it. I mean, all three <laughs> of us will probably pay for it. Yo, you know, that's shout a out great to point.
2: Because typically... I don't oh, pay maybe. for Money Mayweather events. But so you pay this, to see him get his blocked off, knocked up knocked again. $250, $250 US dollars. Yeah, well, shout out gone. to Shane
0: King, who got excited when we talked about the gambling. He said, War Room Sportsbook. Shout out to the g- degenerate gamblers like myself. <laughs> no Yo, doubt. So, yeah, we got we, you. We holler at you next week. But, um, yeah, shout out, let your hands go. Douglas is telling Howie to go out and get the players and Howie does the numbers. That is how he strength, though. He is a numbers guy. So he definitely is a, a cap cruncher. So that, that could definitely be the case. Can Howie figure these numbers
2: shout-out? out on Floyd getting knocked out? <laughs>
0: can we get some quick birthday <laughs> shout-outs? When we get into the NBA segment, that's when we'll, we'll take these calls on the line. So if you're holding on the line, just hold for like two more minutes, and we got you.
3: You already know. Quick birthday shout out to uh, Kevin Euclid. Turns thirty nine. Salute to that gentleman. Uh, yeah. Louis Riddick, forty nine. Yeah. <laughs> Terry yeah. Cummings. Salute to the Milwaukee Bucks legendary yeah. Cummings, fifty seven. Clay Matthews, yeah. of the Matthews family, sixty two. Yeah. Rest in power to Bobby Bonds, and also rest in power to the legend Norm Van Brocklin. We like to Can give a ring to world the legends, folks, on their birthday For their birthday week.
0: Salute it's to them. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. And like I told you guys earlier, you can check out our website, WorldRumsports.com. Make sure you browse everything. We got some new articles up. And like I said, next week we'll have some new uh, things up. If you'd like to put a little bit of money on the horses, if you'd like to put a little bit of money on the football, basketball, baseball, boxing, whatever. But if you want to call us call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, dial the digital extreme tech hotline. The numbers three two three-four one zero 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 one two. Press one when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk, and we will get at you right after Jimmy reads
3: you this message from our sponsor. Absolutely. It's time to talk about the NBA, and that Mrap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom site solutions, Digital Extreme Technology. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. You get top-quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And if you just want to put something on it, financing options are available. How to get more information? Here's how. Digistreamtech.com or you call 267-205-4203. Do not be out there with a Wix site playing yourself. Don't do it. <laughs> get you custom website.
0: And that's Triple H rap. fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, right. No
0: doubt you wanna take some calls first before we we'll be get into
3: this. Is ash.
0: <laughs> um I think the homie Rob got, from Cali hung up. We got uh, a
3: okay. we got
0: the homie Naj on the line from down in the H. E. L. Naj, what's going on, good brother? You in the war room?
2: <clears throat> hey man, like I don't I don't know if I could get used to this like Eagles fans, just all relaxed. And positive and whatnot.
0: No, right. Like, sound and like, just, you, know and I mean? you used to hearing like, being all pessimistic. Uh, uh,
2: actor actor, uh, Newport. Like that's just just kidding. <laughs> this is cool. This is
0: right different, man. This world. is this is much better for the stress levels, my brother. I'm, I'm loving it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm live. it Yo, you know nod, what? Nod, real talk. Real talk, now, Because the Eagles won, I'm probably going to live long. Like, good my, no, my but B. Like, oh, we okay. got a
0: lot of greedy you, you, Eagles you just put fans up a out there. Project
2: for some college student.
0: Uh <laughs> we got a lot of
2: greedy Oh my bad, My bad. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, some research uh, for some college student man do long time hurt fans when they get a chip, uh does that age group Longer uh, than previous generations. Uh, that might be a legit study. You are just right, no, sir. They definitely. you been following you us. Imagine. Right? Can you imagine <laughs> what will happen if the Browns ever win a Super Bowl? Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I can a- imagine being the, the,
0: the the apocalypse is, is what's going to happen. But listen, but so, I, I'm like, there's a lot of greedy Eagles fans out there because I'm talking to people, and people talking about. Dynasty and all that. It'd be nice for them to win Whoa, again,
1: to
2: but me?
0: <laughs> Come on, chill. man. I'm good for another ten, fifteen years. <laughs> I'm good. They don't owe me. They don't owe me nothing. I'm good. I'm, I'm nice and relaxed. I saw it happen, and I'm not gonna get greedy with it. I, I'm not trying to. I don't have to be, you know, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. But what's going on, Nas? What's up, man? Ain't hey, nothing, man.
1: Y'all.
2: y'all... Got some interesting topics like always, man. I think the the Sam Bradford thing, though. I think people are kind of tripping. Like, look, Sam's, a, you know, he's always home, of course. But if you keep him upright and he's healthy, he's one of the better quarterbacks out there. So why not take them, uh, the the scratch off ticket and say, okay, give him the twenty for one year. Uh, if it works uh, out, you still let him go. If it doesn't work out, you let him go. Mm-hmm. But you know, you might as well take the scratch off ticket. The, the guys who should be oh, criticized should. are the guys, uh, like, yeah. uh, what, what's your man's name from Y'all brought him in? Tom Savage. Yeah, Tom Savage. And my man, that's in, he was in New Orleans. Somebody just signed another day. Chase Daniels. Oh, Chase Daniels. Yeah. He did just got <laughs> yeah.
1: signed.
2: And he's got check on check on check. So it's like, they're yeah, much worse guys, but the quarterback market got so bad because everybody started doing the same thing. And then you guys and the Vikings figured out, hey, let's just build up the roster until you get that quarterback. And that gave y'all the advantage from what we've seen last year. So we're going to see how many other teams realize, like, that bubble quarterback market, like, that's the wrong way to go.
0: And the Vikings um, man
2: made a big mistake.
0: And you're talking about the Bears. They brought in Chase Daniel two years, $10 million. So you're right. He, he gets at least a $5 million bag every year to do nothing. Like I don't even know if he can play, (laughs) but he gets gets a bag, and people, he has this reputation of being one of the better backup quarterbacks, but like, when have people really seen it, except for a little bit in Houston, but since then, you know, he hasn't gotten on the field, but he he gets a nice check every year.
2: Him and the McNown brothers, man, they're running the NFL from that standpoint, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so that that Bradford thing is, is a little rough. Uh, The Wilt thing I talked about, man, Wilt is like Paul Bunyan. So, I mean,
1: at this point,
4: <laughs> I, I could be persuaded to believe any of the Wilt stories.
2: I mean, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, he was that well, guy. Well, we got strong arm
0: into believing it from uh, Sunny Hill, <laughs> Philadelphia legend. <laughs> the, cra- the, cra- he, he- craziest, the
2: craziest thing about the story, Nas, is after he did that, he went and had some coital exercise with at least three more women after that <laughs> that's what you that gotta understand sense. that's a part of Phil's
1: greatness. <laughs> yeah that's we're a comic book
2: character man like yeah we don't right. forget it tell a story is even larger man I'm, I'm, I'm with it but <laughs> well yeah man yeah, it's it this, this free agency thing if you didn't have a salary cap this is how the owners would spend anyway because they're all reckless and ridiculous and the salary cap is the only thing stopping them from doing it but, yeah, they're throwing bags around like crazy. Doesn't matter if
1: it's or
2: anything else, and they're going to regret it in a year or so and be cutting people. Grand yeah, opening, grand cut. so No doubt.
0: <laughs> no doubt.
2: But, yeah, wherever y'all want to go, man. I, you know what I mean? I'm coming in late, but whatever y'all want to
0: go. All right. Well, I mean, you can stay on, you can stay on with us if you want. We're about to talk some uh, some hoop. Not really hoops. We got to we got a question here because we want to get your um, your your opinion on this, too. Jimmy, where are you at?
3: My fault, man. I was on a <laughs> – I was muted, man. I didn't want to say nothing while the brother was, uh, you know, spitting his bars. But anyway, man, yeah. in 15 years, right, I, I found this interesting. In 15 years, uh, B. Austin's favorite player of all time, LeBron Raymond James, he averages more rebounds. Then Kevin, the big ticket Garnett, Shaquille Rashon O'Neal, and the GOAT Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Um, so here's the question about the statistic, right? Is this misleading, meaningless, or is it a legit stat that LeBron has more rebounds than um arguably two of the uh with three of the top twenty players of all time?
0: Well, we got this. This was a
3: this was a this was a stat
0: that um Shannon Sharp uh, apparently said on his show. This is another one of those. So you know when these type of stats come up, either Nick Wright or Shannon Sharp said it. So I, I, I think right. you can put it Next. a little bit into each category, um, Jimmy. Misleading, meaningless, and a little bit of you know legitimacy to it. Um, misleading in the fact that okay he he does average more rebounds slightly more rebounds. Like we're talking like Mm -hmm. 7.4
4: to
0: 7.3 in some of these cases to Mm -hmm. um, Shaq, KG and, um, and, and Kareem now Kareem, he was, he was of advanced age in his 15th season. So, you know, you always have to factor in the fact that LeBron came straight out of high school. So did Kevin Garnett. So that's, if we're talking age and time, you know, that's pretty much a fair comparison. Um, also, what they leave out when they just throw out these naked stats, what I like to call them, is the fact that LeBron is averaging 37 minutes per game this season, whereas in their 15 seasons, Shaq was averaging like 29. KG was averaging 28. Um, Kareem was averaging 33. Um, at, Another thing, you know, two of these guys are pure centers. They were in the league at a more physical time. So the wear and tear in their bodies, in my opinion, was a lot worse than LeBron because he really doesn't rent out space in, you know, down on the block too often. But on the other side of things, I think you still have to give LeBron props for being able to play 37 minutes a game in his 15th season you know, while at the same time never really you know, have, you know, he hasn't been seriously injured at any part, at any point in his career. So I don't know if that's just because he's just so much of a greater athlete than everybody else. I don't know if that's HGH. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, but you do have to give him I'm a surprise. For the legitimacy I'm category. legitimacy to surprise our listeners. Because I'm going to go ahead and say that it, he plays it's
2: 70s. impressive. It's it's impressive when you combine it with the context around the minutes that he plays, the fact that he really is a perimeter player, that he's really a perimeter player, and you know, it definitely is shameful that Shaq, Rashawn O'Neal, at seven <laughs> foot four and three hundred and sixty nine million pounds could ever average only a single digit rebound. Shaq should be over yeah. ten rebounds. Right now, in the league, he should be averaging. Pretty much. <laughs> 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 yeah. I give Brian uh, gonna I'm, I'm disappointed. Shaq. Yo, Shaq should be averaging 10 him. rebounds in the league right now. Right now. Even though he's not playing. Nadric,
0: and it's shape. You, it? you think it's an impressive yeah, stat? But, um, or is it meaningless? Is
2: yeah, well, uh, misleading? I
1: mean, it's, it's interesting.
2: But yeah, I, I wouldn't hold it up as like some great sign by them. Uh, well, Shaq is carrying a whole lot of weight, too. we got to throw that out there. That's a whole lot of weight. Right. Around, game in, game out. And so we knew how much he took off or kind of, you know, eased back on the throttle. Then the other part is, okay, who are those guys playing with and sharing rebounds with in the front court because that kind of mm-hmm. distributes the averages a little bit differently than what we consider now where the four and five right. is getting most of the rebounds. Um, like, did I, they even have about to play big game.
4: minutes? Hmm. Exactly. Systems yeah, were different, systems. You know, some of these other guys were getting their share of the rebounds. And
2: hmm. then we got to remember the Isaiah Thomas, uh, like, say what you want about Isaiah's raggedy tenure at Cleveland. Uh, him bringing up, again, that LeBron doesn't
4: like to practice, which eases a lot of wear and tear on his body that other players have to get, because, hell, teams need to practice for cohesion and, you know, getting their sets good and everything
2: else. And LeBron kind of you know, eases back on that, and it kind of hurts the team to a degree, you know, when it comes to playoff time and everything else. Because, hey, man, this
1: set just ain't that good. Also, say what you want to say. But I mean, we're
2: talking about
5: practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about
0: <laughs> I'm saying he's supposed to be the franchise player, and we're sitting here talking about No, practice. but, but, Dev,
3: Dev, what this boils yeah. down to, what this boils down to is uh, the conversation, Connor, we had last week about um, context. There's so many. It's so much context yeah. in this Because first of right. all, you talk about the, the league right this second and last year, there's there's more um, field goal attempts. The way the game is played has changed. So there's more field goal attempts now than when Shaq was playing. The field goal attempts were a little bit um, all, close to high when Kareem played, when the game was at a fast pace in the early 80s. But the field goal attempts right. like dropped um, through like KG Shatter and it, it went back up. But there's systems that people play in um, Kareem being a post player in the first option so, It's so much context to the statistic But at the same time it, I yeah, mean it's is it is impressive is that he's able absolutely. to uh, Grab these boards You have to like tell the whole story And that's what I call them Analytics That's why I call them yeah, naked as as stats because well People just so throw out three. the stats
0: But they don't talk about any context Surrounding the stats, and that's a
3: and with not just that too, with not just that too, you. LeBron has also played in the era where everybody's jacking up threes.
5: Long so rebounds. It's
3: a different type of shot too. Exactly. So this.
0: Because yeah. so not like D down there boxing out his life away to get a bunch of rebounds. Yeah. Like the rebounds are coming to the foul line these days because everybody's launching. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's so, yeah, much it's, so much, it's so much with that. But these are the type of stats, like you know. I... For the most part, you know we're four objective brothers here you know and we, and we speak about things objectively, but when you see these kind of stats, whoever put them out there, you know what I'm saying like if it's if it's positive, they're putting it out there because they love the player and they're trying to prove a point. If it's something negative, they hate the player and they're trying to prove a point so either way, it's just gonna be a naked stat no no kind of context surrounding it, so that's why we gotta have these conversations, man, because people gotta You've gotta realize you can't just say stuff and and that's just it. Oh, he averaged more rebounds than them. And there has to be something else to it. But um another thing, Jim, and this yeah, is a if I, if to I can you. add
2: real quick, think about ahead, what we're watching Russell Westbrook right now. In twenty years when people see average a triple dub and see the numbers, you know, the rebounds like that we see and where people are boxing out on his team and giving them to him like that's not that context won't be there. It'll just be Russ with you know that dude. He was grabbing board like crazy. Hell, Dejounte yeah. Murray on the Spurs. That dude is like seven boards a game somehow.
0: And I think that rebound was, was on Because I was impressed with Russell Westbrook. I mean, the fact that a point guard—I no. mean, Oscar was a point guard too—but the fact that a point guard was the one to accomplish the feat that they thought we'd never see again, but. I, I can't even front and say it's not diminished a little bit because it seemed like everybody and their mom getting triple-doubles now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got rookies. Ben Simmons got seven triple-doubles as a rookie. I mean, he's he's a bigger player who's playing the point guard, so maybe you can understand that. But it just seemed like it's too easy to get these days. You know I mean? Ricky Davis had to throw a ball at his own basket to try to get <laughs> one. <laughs> But now dudes are just rattling them off like it's easy. So, yeah, it's, it's something to it. But, Jim, what, what part do y'all think, like, just the modern amenities that come with being an a, a NBA basketball player, what part do y'all think that plays in it? Like the medicine, the modern training, um, the the way these guys are coddled, the way these guys eat. Like, do y'all think that has something to do with, you know, the fact that LeBron at – in year fifteen, can do the type of stuff that he does. I mean,
3: <laughs> that's an that advantage. Technology, technology, med- technology <laughs> how training is changed. I mean, everything. I mean, <laughs> when you God look down to even you look down to the
0: nutrition, no doubt. My bad. Yeah, you looking down
3: to the nutrition, their diets. It, you know, um, modern medicine, the uh, technology used in their gear. The
0: Sixers got a. You know what a, mean? Like, a, it's,
3: it's a lot of that. A personal chef yeah right.
0: they have a personal chef from a, a like a high post restaurant <laughs> who left that restaurant to come to to the sixers and run a restaurant in their training facility where he's making these dudes very healthy, very nutritional meals, including what Jimmy said earlier what is it the the buckwheat
3: oh yeah absolutely <laughs> the name of them uh, all kinds of crazy all kinds of crazy man yeah.
2: like when you look at when you look at that. When you look at the diet and the you way done, that, you
0: know, that that
2: training has advanced, it, it has to play a factor into the game. Because even when you look at injuries, there's several injuries that occur nowadays. Like when you get an ACL now, he's like, "Oh, you got an ACL. You sprained something." Yeah. This is a this be exactly career injury. in six seven months. ACL used to be, <laughs> "Oh man, he's done." And when you mm-hmm. when you when you popped an Achilles. They used to just put you to death. Alright, we all take <laughs> them like, like a horse. pasture. Send so you to the blue factory so like here. a horse and bird. Well, now guys the, come sleep, back. the sleep studies that they do now and like I said the nutrition, leg room on the plane, be a right. godsend to all players, the idea that you're now on a you know, a, a legit private plane, with air, you know, really room and everything else to move around. And and then I think ownership now looks at players as an investment and an asset as opposed to back in the day where you just run somebody into grant. Look, I gave you a million dollars. I'll
1: get out there and play 40 minutes a day. Now, oh, oh, they People definitely look do. At players like, whoa. They, we invested uh, in an article
0: the other day about the hotel accommodations for NBA players. No, they're not used to living a yeah, type of lifestyle.
3: They're they call, they call human capital. Bill Russell used to have things thrown at him. He couldn't even have the restaurants. And now you got guys out there eating alkaline buckwheat noodles um, on a daily basis. <laughs> guys they can't even play like Jerry Bayless, but that's either here or there. Um, so I mean, all, all yeah, well, of that that matters. Does, matter, man, whatever how they hurts have to go from in that, that in first that, class stuff. Oh,
0: sorry. Mm. oh no, no, I was just saying whatever What's they had, like whatever they have available in that um that cafeteria in Philly's new training facility. Like those guys can go to the chef and get custom. Ordered stuff If they, You know they can just waste whatever foods out there And get what they want and what they like For game day and all that kind of stuff What were you saying Nas
2: Yeah I was just going to say can you imagine on Being on a 10 day and being in all those First class accommodations and then Having to get back on that bus in the G
1: League
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna
0: be like rough. I ain't doing this man I've seen the light I've been to the mountaintop I'm not doing this again <laughs> Get on that bus. <laughs> but Naj, man, we about Ooh. to get out of here. So thanks for joining All us right, for the last few minutes of the show, man. We appreciate it, man. <laughs> Alright, man, y'all. Alright, know that we will holler at you next week. <laughs> Alright,
2: Naj.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I ain't, I ain't getting back on that bus, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: don't care how much Gatorade
0: y'all give me. Shout out to everybody
3: who with them alkaline buckwheat noodles. You already know. Bellas, Eat well, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's definitely time to get it, though. Brothers and sisters, joining us for another Briefing in the War. And shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, and our group app, uh, group app which I'm having an argument right now with KC Mack because he won't listen, man. Um, I did the <laughs> mathematics, B. Anyway. <laughs> Special thanks to <clears throat> Griffin for joining us with his NCAA tournament report. Tune in next week live right here on demand. We'll catch you up with everything happening around the world of sports, including the coverage of the tournament. So make sure you check back. So until then, enjoy your weekend and week. We'll see you right back here. Remember, everything, all of our social media, all of our shows, everything is at the hub, which is warroomsports.com. You can pick up my book, which is the book, thebook.com, or right at the hub at warroomsports.com. So until next time, everybody. Do not accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you jump up. Uh, six, six to
1: eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. War room's boy. Y'all ready? Let's go. Stay in tune to Jimmy. Know the blueprint. Yo, every Thursday, six to eight, they do this. Shout out to death! PJ, B often Doc Bay on replay Warroom uh. com. Get that mobile app It's knocked out 323 and three, double low 12 K it going and you sensitive then oh well Yeah Physical podcast, look tough push Show time like magic and the block push Magic listen to live, push one to join in Woo. rip your team or listen for your enjoyment Hip hop dollars, pit stop uh, and knowledge. Should be in sports as I ain't talking college. G- five guys, no beast though. No. D- sports drift, but the streets know. Ah, Bella funny D- I got a cheap flow. Uh, KC Royalty, I'm in beef mode. Woo! Two hours, get your game up. Uh, who's the best in sports cap, You better name us. War Sports.